Hello and welcome to the weekend wrap for the week on Wednesday. I am Ben Davison and it is my great pleasure to be with you. It is currently Sunday the 10th of October in the year 2021. And of course, the good news for people in New South Wales tomorrow is that they are coming out of lockdown. That's right, they're on stage one of their three-stage reopening plan, which will see cafes and retail stores reopen and people return to schools. Now, of course, there is some concern about this uh, approach, and it is an acceleration of the original plan that was laid out earlier in the year. However, there is also a lot of excitement about this. So let's delve into it a little bit. What are the concerns? Well, the concerns are that many, many children are still not vaccinated. And of course, at 70% of the population above the age of 16 being vaccinated, that means there are many hundreds of thousands, if not millions of people in New South Wales who are not vaccinated at all. Now, New South Wales is on a good path and a good trajectory to getting well above 90% vaccination, but it's not there yet. There are still some concerns that people won't be wearing masks in many of the settings where there will be unvaccinated people, including but not limited to schools and other educational settings. Now, we've seen in other countries that rapid reopening or an accelerated reopening can have some very negative consequences. Obviously, the Freedom Day approach in the UK has led to 13,000 needless deaths since Freedom Day, and it's averaging around 110 uh, people dying every day. We've seen in Israel, where they used the plus 16 segmentation as well, that COVID then began to spread among people younger than that, and then to the broader vaccinated population. And now Israel, again, has significantly high numbers of infections. We've seen in the US the patchwork approach where some counties are heavily vaccinated and others hardly at all, and schools returning only to have children dying of COVID and needing to return to online schooling. And of course, in Singapore, where they achieved the 80% of 16 plus uh, and actually went beyond that to 80% of all all the population, but had not built up the health system to a point so that when there were high numbers of cases, even though they were very mild, the health system still buckled and they returned to lockdown. So there's some of the things that we have seen happen in other parts of the world. There's lots of speculation about what may or may not happen in New South Wales over the coming weeks. Their case numbers have dropped significantly. They're down around the 500 a day mark, while in Victoria, our numbers have increased significantly. We haven't quite hit 2,000 a day, but we are well above uh, 1,500 on a number of days, and we are hovering around that sort of 1,500 mark. Now, of course, at the same time, we're seeing between 10 and 15 Australians die of COVID every day at the moment. When things reopen, we will expect to see those numbers climb. The question is how high they climb and how fast they climb. Hopefully, hopefully they don't climb at all. Hopefully everyone is able to go out and get vaccinated. I'd encourage everyone listening to this podcast, everyone you talk to, to get vaccinated and get vaccinated as soon as you possibly can. Now, while we're talking about issues that are mainly in the consciousness of the people of New South Wales, let's talk about 
Barnaby Joyce and his newfound jihad crusade to de-anonymize the internet. You know, it's interesting to me to see Barnaby Joyce throw this dead cat on the table. Now, there's no question some people have obviously said some mean things about Barnaby and members of his family on the internet. As somebody who is frequently uh, abused on the internet and who's members of my own family who are frequently abused on the internet by anonymous trolls, I understand the desire to decloak and de-anonymize these people. But let's think about this in logical terms. The Australian newspaper has a number of anonymous articles in every edition. It has Writers who write under pseudonyms, like Jack the Insider, not his real name, you can find out who he is fairly easily, or The Mocker, who is kept anonymous by the Australian newspaper, who regularly write attack pieces against people in the public eye. Now, this is a national masthead newspaper. There doesn't seem to be any concern by Barnaby Joyce or Scott Morrison or the communications minister uh, who went on Insiders Today about national newspapers doing this, but they are concerned that individual citizens would do it. Now, don't get me wrong. I think that if you're going to put forward an opinion, you should put your name to it, whether you're in The Australian or on Twitter. I, I firmly believe that should be the standard. But let's be really clear here. Barnaby Joyce is angry because someone's had a pop at him and his family. And Scott Morrison is thankful for the dead cat because the reality is he is governing very, very poorly. Labor underutilization, that is the rate of people who are underemployed and unemployed in this country, is somewhere around 20%. It's hard to tell at the moment. So many people have dropped out of the labor market. Wages are going backwards. Job insecurity is climbing. That means that the jobs that have been replaced since the pandemic started are increasingly casualized. They're increasingly outsourced. They're labor hire jobs. They are not good full-time or part-time permanent jobs that people can rely on. Now, this is why the Australian Union movement is running a campaign for secure work, for secure jobs people can count on. You can join that campaign by going to australianunions.org.au. And if you're not already a member of your union, you can join your union by going to australianunions.org.au slash wow, that's W-O-W for the week on Wednesday. The reality is Scott Morrison would much rather be talking about the internet and trolls than talking about the economy, talking about jobs, talking about the things that he has failed to deliver, like increased wages. Did you know that Every budget since Scott Morrison was treasurer and then prime minister, he's promised to increase wages in Australia, and he has not delivered. He has not delivered. And in fact, wages have gone backwards under Scott Morrison as treasurer and as prime minister. So by all means, let's make sure that anonymous trolls have no place in our public discourse. But let's apply the same standard to the Australian as we do to Twitter, as we want to to Facebook as well. And it's interesting because while the Morrison government and insiders is having this discussion, there's also a real plan on the table by Labor to buy Australia and have the Buy Australian Act. Under Scott Morrison, Australia has slipped five places in the global innovation index and 20 places 
in the Digital Competitiveness Index. This means that Australia is less and less attractive a place to do business if you're, if you're in the digital space or if you're trying to innovate. That's a terrible, terrible place for us to be. We want to be increasing our position in those indexes. Of the $5 billion that the Morrison government has handed out in infrastructure funding, the last $5 billion all went to foreign construction companies as the head contractor. Now, that just seems remarkable. We're in the middle of a pandemic. We've got huge numbers of people who need jobs. We've got Australian companies who are desperate to try and hold on to staff. $5 billion of government funding going to offshore head contractors rather than to local Australian companies. Seems like an act of economic vandalism. And of course, Scott Morrison doesn't want to talk about that. He sends his ministers out on Insiders to talk about Barnaby Joyce and to talk about their problems with ICAC. Well, here's a problem with ICAC. The problem with ICAC is that we don't have a federal one. That's the problem. So for all of Morrison's, oh, popular premiers shouldn't be subject to the same standards, popular premiers, more than anyone, should be subject to the standards of an ICAC. Because quite frankly, if we think that allowing popular political leaders to simply do whatever they want isn't a, a, a recipe for disaster, then we've learned nothing from history. We've learned nothing from what happened with the Second World War. We've learned nothing that's happened in almost the rise of any dictator in human history. Scott Morrison's federal ICAC has to have some teeth. Scott Morrison needs to get focused on the economic problems facing this country And he needs to start looking at some of these good policies that Labor's putting forward. Buy Australian. Absolutely. 100%. Any which way we can, we should be doing it. And I want to talk about this economic vandalism a little more broadly too, because it came out this week that Matt Canavan from the National Party, Barnaby Joyce's party, has suggested that Australians should pay higher mortgage rates so that we can fund coal mines that banks don't want to fund. I mean, that's pure madness, right? But of course, Barnaby Joyce very quickly changed the conversation to be about social media and the culture wars that they so enjoy talking about. But let's focus in here. Matt Canavan and the National Party want a quarter of a trillion dollars, $250 billion fund that would effectively be funded by higher mortgage rates, so that's anybody who owns a home paying more for their home, to fund coal mines that no bank in Australia or the world is prepared to fund, what's called a lender of last resort. So the nationals don't want to invest money in renewable energy technology. They don't want to invest money in secure jobs in modern advanced manufacturing. They don't want to invest money in making sure that every home has solar panels and a battery or that there are wind turbines that can generate enough electricity to power every country town in each and every state. They want to have homeowners pay higher mortgage rates to fund coal mines that are uneconomic. That's the National Party economic policy. That's the National Party's position. And as we talk about climate change and as we talk about 
Glasgow and Morrison going or not going, and as Morrison tries to change the conversation into all these other culture war areas, these economic policies need to be examined. They need to be drilled into because what they're really saying is they want homeowners to prop up mines that no one else will fund. No one else will fund. Mines that Jenna Reinhardt has decided not to fund with their own money, they want us to fund with our homes. That's the kind of bizarre world we're living in, where Barnaby Joyce is going to devote his time and attention to attacking anonymous trolls on social media, and Matt Canavan is going to push an economic policy where we all fund mines using higher mortgage rates on our homes. That's a big, big few days in Australian politics. Now, hopefully, over the course of the next week, the New South Wales reopening goes well. I genuinely want that to go well. Yes, I'm nervous about it. And yes, I think Dominic Perrottet is rushing it. I think this is a young man, relatively young man, who does not fully grasp what he is doing. He is applying an ideological lens to a health problem because he believes that everything is somehow an ideological economics exercise. And frankly, I am concerned about my friends, my family in New South Wales. I hope those concerns turn out to be unfounded. But I'm also concerned that the Morrison government wants there to be all these dead cats on the table, all these small-scale issues, let's call them, these cultural issues, fighting about the detail of an integrity commission that doesn't exist, fighting about regulating social media giants with regulation that doesn't exist. At the same time, people don't have jobs. Wages are going backwards. The suggestion is that we would fund uneconomical coal mines by increasing the rates on our mortgages. These are all disastrous economic policies. But a lot of the public discussion will be about getting the economy going again by reopening after COVID, in a post-zero COVID world. Well, the economy relies on people making decisions. It's all the millions of transactions and interactions that we have. That's the economy. And if we're sick, if we're dying, if we're dead... There is no economic activity. Hopefully, it all goes well. Hopefully, Victoria continues to lift its ambition on reopening as well. Hopefully, we're able to do that. Today, they're suggesting that there'll be some pilot programs over the next few weeks in Victoria. Hopefully, they go well as well. Don't forget, you've got to get vaccinated. And once you're vaccinated, still do the usual things. Wear a mask maintain some physical distance where you can. These are things that are designed to help stop the spread. Someone said to me, you know, the problem with the COVID vaccine is there's not really a vaccine in the way that we think about vaccines. It's a symptom suppressor. If you get, you can still get COVID, but if you get it, it's just not as bad. And of course, nobody's out there calling these things symptom suppressors. But really, we should think about it in that way. Of course, get vaccinated. Of course, make sure that if you do get COVID, you're in the best possible position to pull through and that you're in the worst possible position to spread it. 
but also do the things that keep you and your family safe. Wear your mask, maintain the physical distance, listen to the health advice. We've seen in recent times lots of pseudo-celebrities and wannabe health experts suggest all sorts of crazy things. Please, please don't listen to them. Listen to trusted sources of information. Health experts, your unions, your government. These people have nothing but your best interests at heart. They rely on your continued existence. These celebrities are just looking for a headline. These wannabe experts are just looking to be famous. They don't really care about you. On that note, enjoy the rest of your weekend. Don't forget to join Van and I on Wednesday for the week on Wednesday. Please do subscribe, like, share. Do get involved in the discussion. It's so good to hear from all of our listeners. And remember to be kind to yourself and to each other.